The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Jennifer Agnew. Jennifer has been completely alcohol-free since August 2020, and we chat about why she decided to completely remove alcohol from her life and how things have dramatically improved. We discuss her personal relationship with booze and recognising the signs when it's getting a wee bit unhealthy. And we take a look at our culture's attitudes to drinking and how it can sometimes make it difficult to see just how damaging it can be. This episode is brought to you by Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you want a free chat with an impartial advisor, visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net or listen to my episode with Tommy Gallagher where we discuss the stigma surrounding debt in society and the various options that you have to deal with it. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it because it's a great help. Cheers. So to get straight into it today, we're talking about boozing too much. Boozing too much. Jen, thanks very much for coming in. For um, Obviously, just for people listening, I'd just like to give a wee sort of introduction as to, to who you are, you know, why you're kind of here, what we're going to talk about. And then I suppose we'll just have a conversation. I've got a lot of questions for you. Okay, up. Yep. Um, so my name's Jennifer. Um, oh God, I feel like I'm starting a meeting. <laughs> my name's Jennifer and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> um, no, I am 25. I'm from East Kilbride. Um And yeah, I stopped drinking just, well, nine months ago yesterday. I achieved nine months. Oh, really? Of Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know it's went so fast, but yeah, I decided that, you know, Drinking wasn't for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun until it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, the last nine months has just been a sort of journey of, you know, stopping drinking, finding a new way to have fun sober. And it's also been a, a challenge being in lockdown as well. With It's that added layer, um, you know, you can't just go to a meeting or... Um, Everything's done on Zoom now, so, um, so. Aye, a lot of challenges. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. I'll, 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 I mean, first of all, boozing is uh, drinking is heavily ingrained in Scottish culture, and I know every place says that. There's like this sort of cliche where people go, oh, "Only in Glasgow," and you're <laughs> like, "Well, no, nah, fucking mate, everywhere." Yeah. But obviously, our experience is Glasgow. And I don't mean for that to sort of isolate anybody who's listening who's from outside mm-hmm. of Glasgow of which there are plenty. Um, but we will speak about things, obviously, in our sort of realm of understanding. Mm-hmm. When you said it, it was fun until it wasn't, when did it stop becoming fun? I've never had a good relationship with alcohol. Like, I look back the first time I got drunk when I was 13. I know, and when you say that, 13 nuts, sounds so young. But like you said, in the west of Scotland, it is just so... It's just our culture, and it is, like, 13. I look at my little cousins who are, like, 16 and 17. I'm like, you're a baby, and I was drinking at, like, three or four years younger than that. You're like a hardened boozer. <laughs> no I, I remember the first time I ever drank, 
and I was mm-hmm. 14. And it was, uh, <laughs> I don't think, I know I have told it because my mum listens. So, <laughs> so does her cousin Margaret because it was in her house down in London. And uh, looking back, actually, I've never really sort of contemplated this, but they had this like three-storey, uh, amazing three-storey townhouse. Mm-hmm. And they were all up on the top floor and they're all having a great time. You know, it's Christmas. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't they be? They're drinking and stuff. And I'm think I remember going. I want like looking back and going. I wonder what it was prompted me to go and drink because you, you know you're kind of surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. It was curiosity for me. I drank. I remember drinking like I drank Bacardi, red wine, white, just everything. Mm-hmm. The hangover I had the next day was horrendous, <laughs> and it put me off it for. Um, I didn't really drink for another two or three years. I remember even sitting in school. And if I even thought of the word Bacardi, my mouth started to water like I was going to be sick. This was for like two years. It traumatised me um, that much. But I remember being drunk and turning into like my younger cousin and going, don't you ever get like this, son. (laughs) As if like I was a pure fucking minor. Like I worked in the pits like 14 hours a day and then I go up the road and and have a drink. Um, a hardened alcoholic at the age of 15. Aye, but so, sorry, I No, 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 that's okay. Um, yeah, so my first, even my first drinking experience at 13, I blacked out. So, you know, I've never had a good relationship with alcohol, um, but I liked the way it made me feel. It mm. made me more confident. It made me, you know, I was always seen as the party girl mm. um, and always just, you know, out every single weekend, um, this was at high school, so like you know, I had a, the, the fake, well, not the fake ID, but borrowing somebody else's Hi. ID, and you know, going to the pubs and the dancing, and just living for the weekend. Which you know, I, it's not that it's not normal, but you know, my grades in school, like I started failing exams when I went off to uni. Um, I failed all my Christmas exams because I was just focused on gro- going out all the time. Mm-hmm. I had this, um, I had this. I moved up to Stirling for uni, and I had this like sense of freedom at seventeen that I had never had before because um, I didn't have my, my, my mother's watchful eye uh, over me. I was just out all the time, and it was it was life was just a party. Um, but I mean, it carried on. I would say. You know, the last few years of my drinking, it was getting excessively worse, and mm-hmm. to the point where, when I stopped drinking, I was I was drinking every day at that point. Um, wasn't getting up in the morning, you know, and, and craving a drink, um, and I wasn't physically dependent on alcohol. But you know, I was I, when I started drinking, when I started putting alcohol into my body. You know, after that one or two drinks, I couldn't stop until I would drink until, you know, drink until you pass out. And that, it reminds me of that song. I don't know what that song is. That is like Kyle Cruz or something. Oh, Tiny Temper. We can do this until we pass out. Every time I say that, it reminds me of that. But, um, yeah, I was just, every time I would drink, I would black out. And then I actually think the pandemic helped me um, realise, you know, this isn't normal anymore and mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't fun. Um I'm just trying to calculate the chronological timeline here then because if you're saying nine months and at the time of recording we're now on the fourth of May twenty twenty one. So August, third of August. I know August. So so you've oh, 
we entered lockdown. Sorry, by the way, for anybody suffering PTSD from me going on about <laughs> lockdown, but just to try and understand. So lockdown kicked in like late March. So you've had about four months or so. Were you just drink? Did you just start drinking? Was it like boredom? Or? Well, there was an added layer to it for me. So I was away traveling and backpacking. Oh, um, and then I was living in Australia and my grand turned 80 and... March last year, the 9th of March. So I thought, let's go home and surprise the family for three weeks. <laughs> I know, you know where this is going uh, before yeah. I even before <laughs> I even continue. Um, so I booked my flight back from Melbourne, back to Glasgow, and then returned to back out. I think my return flight back to Melbourne was maybe the 17th of March roundabout. So, um, well, we all know what happened in the middle of March last year. And... Yeah. Um, Two days or the day before of my flight going back to Australia, they announced that they were closing their borders. <sighs> so I'm like, well, what am I meant to do? Like, mm. my, my backpack was packed to go back to Melbourne. And I was like, I said to my mum, like, oh my God, my poor mother that day having to deal with me. I mean, I was hungover. I was hungover. Mm-hmm. Um, I was miserable that I couldn't get back to Australia. And I thought I would only be back here maybe for a couple more weeks until they opened their borders back yeah. up. Here we are, however many months later. Um, but, yeah, so I just had to... I mean, I was stuck. There was nothing more I could do. So, yeah, for the first two months that I was back, that so that was the middle of March. My three-week holiday has now turned into an indefinite stay-at-home, back yeah. living with my parents as well after being away for, like, the best part of two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just started drinking. You know, well, not started drinking, because I was drinking anyway, but, you know, I was drinking a bottle of wine every night, maybe two bottles of wine. And at that point, my mum sat me down and she was like, you know, do you not think you're drinking a wee bit too much? Like, your dad and I are concerned. And it's like, got so defensive. Because, I mean, if you tell... If somebody's got a drinking problem and you tell them, oh, I think you've got a drinking problem, immediately they're going to get their back up. They're mm-hmm. going to get defensive. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you think I'm drinking too much? I'm not drinking enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was maybe March, April. And actually, my mum's told me now, looking back then, she was hiding bottles of wine that she would buy herself for the house because mm-hmm. she was worried that me, you know, sitting up to whatever time in the morning, and, you know, I was, I was, I was like, I'd be drinking you know, bottle of wine or whatever I was drinking, I would pass out in my bedroom at, like, wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, still fully clothed, the lights are on, I can't remember going to sleep, and this is, like, a Tuesday night in my house where I'm meant to feel safe and secure, Mm -hmm. and I'm waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning not remembering what I've done, scared to look at my phone, and I've not even left the house. Like, and that was becoming a pattern. That wasn't just, like, a one-off, you know. It was becoming you know, frequent. It was becoming more and more, you know, it was becoming a habit. What prompted, like, what would prompt you to have a drink? Because, like, for me, obviously everybody's different, but for me, like, sitting in the house, I couldn't think anything worse. I think this is actually probably right. the least that I've ever drank in my life oh, really? over this last 12 months. Like, I went, and actually, so, I don't think, I didn't drink for a lot of February before even COVID kind of mm. was a thing before it became what it was mm-hmm. and then once we're in lockdown I thought I had my first drink to like 
think it was the last day in June when I went to a barbecue because I was like, I genuinely couldn't think anything worse because what for me is I'll get drunk and get off with of life and excited. I'm like, right, tunes, mm. pals, party, people, bar. And I'm like, what I couldn't, I couldn't see any, any appeal. And right. that like, see when the whole, um, Remember that? What was that app called? Where everybody was oh, on chat rooms? Um, oh, was it house party? house party or something? See yeah. that face? Yeah. I looked at it and I went, nah. And everybody's all, I'm all have Zoom drinks. Like, I would rather shoot myself. <laughs> like, I hate Zoom as it is. Well, I don't, I wouldn't partake in that either. Like, my friends would go on Zoom and they would be playing the games and, you know, making the drinking sociable at home. Aye. But for me, it's, you know, I was, I mean, I suffer from depression anyway. You know, mm. I've been on antidepressants for three or four years on and off. Um, so for me, it, it, it sort of taps into the mental illness side of things as well, you know, yeah. um, with feeling miserable, you know, about not getting back to Australia. I, mm. I'm back living, I'm, I'm unemployed. I've never been unemployed in my life, you know, Um so it's, it's more of an escape for rea- from reality. I was always a house drinker anyway. You know, I would finish work and I would be like, oh, we glass of wine. And then I used to be able to control it. I used to be able to just have, have one glass of wine or two glasses of wine. But, you know, they talk about alcoholism being a progressive illness. Yeah. So from what I used to be able to do was no longer something I control. You know, they talk about, um, you know, Perfect moderation is harder than complete abstinence. Mm-hmm. Well, for a drinker like me anyway, um, I know I can't control my drinking, so I just can't drink altogether. Just can't do it. I know what you mean, see, about the sort of escape from reality. Like, mm. I've seen it times, maybe before moving away, or just the occasions where if I feel like... And I think this is normal. This is actually probably a point I'd quite like to make. So if mm-hmm. I feel like life isn't that great, or things aren't going my way or things just aren't how I'd like them to be. First of all, I think, I don't know if, I don't want to say the younger generation as if I'm saying that, we sort of disdain or disparagingly, Mm. but the whole, I suppose we could call it the whole mental health culture, Mm. is a very positive and progressive thing. However, I think on occasion, there are times when people are confusing being a human Mm. who has ordinary human emotions which can go up and down and which can fluctuate and people confuse that with with sort of being depressed Mm -hmm. um, which is I suppose a whole other conversation in itself but in times when I've felt quote unquote depressed Mm -hmm. my escape would be right I want to go and have a good time then Mm -hmm. and you you go into the you enter this bubble where everything's sociable as I say there's music there's people there's a buzz in the air and then what would you feel great? Obviously, for the most part, there are times when I'd maybe start drinking. I'd be like, "This is the last thing I feel mm-hmm. like doing." But I tell you what, I'll get through these three, four beers, and my mood will probably pick up. Mm-hmm. And it does. You feel great. You go way up high. But then what happens is you've reached this like unnatural high, mm-hmm. or, or sort of aye, unnatural, probably or abnormal high. And then when you do come back down, because you've got a hangover, and you know what it's like whatever your baseline is, your hangover takes you below that. Yep. And if your baseline was already pretty low, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you're going to feel terrible. So then what happens? And and so is this what happened to you? Where you then f- you go to that low and go, fuck, I need to get back up yeah. to that high. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I look back at my life when I was drinking and 
I was either drunk or hungover 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I look back at a lot of like life events. You know, when I went to uni the first time at 17, that day that my parents drove me up to Stirling, I, they had to stop on the motorway because I had to be sick out the car. You know, so many momentous events and, and good things in my life that have happened. I've wasted being drunk yeah. um, or hungover, I should say. Um, you know, w- when I was travelling in Southeast Asia um, three years ago, beautiful day trips I wasted because I was being sick out the back of a boat because I didn't know my limits the night before. Yeah. And, you know, looking at that, you could just say that, you know, you're, you're, you're in Thailand, you're having a great time, but None of the group of people that I was with done that. So, you know, they they drank, but they stopped and they can control it. Why was I the one that, you know, well, look at at Jen. She's, you know, throwing up off the back of the boat. That's hilarious. But is it hilarious? You Mm. know, Um, I, I look back at all of those things and, you know, how how much time I have wasted being hungover. And like you said, you know, to get over that, where do you go? You you look back at your next. You yeah. go look forward to your next drink. Um, were you were you saying about the the times feeling hungover or, or things wasted? It reminds me of the sort of analogy of when you're drinking, especially to excess, especially when you feel bad. You're borrowing happiness mm. from, and you're like dipping mm. into your happiness Absolutely. overdraft, and it's like. You're quite literally, you wake up and you're having this overdraft and it takes you four days to pay that off mm-hmm. just to get to a feeling of normality. And, you know, it's no wonder that people then feel terrible for those. I mean, this is before you even add in the the uh, the inclusion of drugs mm. for, for people. But it's like, if you're feeling terrible for four or five days, I really don't blame you for seeking any, because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I don't blame anybody for seeking any way of, oh my God, how can I just feel... I mean, for me, it was how can I just feel really happy? But for a lot of people, it's how think, you feel normal. I, I think, I, I think it's Russell Brand. Was it Russell Brand? Mm. Not what it was. Matt Morgan, I spoke to who right. good pal of Russell's and written. He would like worked on lots of comedy yeah. with him, and we spoke about addiction mm-hmm. and about. I think he spoke about Russell's personality, and he was saying that he now understands addiction to be, whereas we maybe are. are he and I, he was saying, would drink to feel really high and really great. Mm-hmm. When you're in the depths of addiction, you will drink and or take drugs and or take drugs mm-hmm. or whatever else your vice may be in order just to feel normal, just to feel mm-hmm. baseline. And it was like, oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. That was a really interesting way for me to look at it and to help me to understand because it's quite easy, you know, when people say, Oh, what you're addicted to heroin? Have you, do you ever just not take heroin? Just stop. I, just, like, you... It's not really... It's, yeah. It's not. Oh, it's not just about the physical mm-hmm. side of things. Oh, absolutely! Like you know, um, they talk about addiction being a, a threefold illness. You, you know, you can be physically addicted, yeah. um, which you know a lot, a lot of alcoholics are. Um, you know, physically dependent. You talk about the shakes. You know, I never got to that stage, and then they've got the the, the mental side of things, which you know, for me, it really was. You know, constantly thinking about a drink. Once I've had that first drink, I then want my next drink constantly up at the bar, you know, two, two, three drinks at a time because I was terrified of running out of that drink. Whenever I was with my friends, they would have one pint, I would have two pints in the time it would take them to have one pint. Yeah. And then there's a spiritual side of things as well, um, you know, and, and that's really the reason why we drink, you know. Like, 
like I said, I, I mentioned there previously, I, I've suffered from depression for, for three years and I think that sort of coincides with the, the, the addiction side mm. of things. Um, and going back to the physical side, you know, I I felt disingenuous, you know. I, I go to AA and I'm quite happy to talk about yeah, that. talk about that. Um, but I felt disingenuous when I went to my first meeting because... I had never woke. I was never a morning drinker. Mm. I was never like a day drinker. I didn't drink on my job, um, but I seen myself getting to that stage. You yeah. know, I, I seen myself getting to what what's to come. Um, one of my one of my friends puts it quite well. She's like, you know, you, you seen the you you seen where the train you got off the train before it reached the terminal. You seen where you yeah, were going, yeah. and, and you didn't want to get there. So, um, with, with the physical side of things, okay, I wasn't waking up in the morning having the shakes, but it would get to about two or three in the afternoon, and you know, you, your mind's got a very your mind's very quick to forget the. Um, that morning when you're you're waking up, throwing up, and feeling terrible. That when that starts to subside, yeah, it's, it's very easy to think about you know putting that alcohol back into your body again to get you feeling normal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, not to sort of um, diminish your point in any way, but <laughs> it now takes me about four days to forget. <laughs> like, I actually probably a side effect of getting old, but I, I was drinking it at the weekend. I feel like I've actually. F- I was about to say I feel like I've done turn rounds with Mike Tyson <laughs> I kind of have I was in my pal's house pure MMA fighter and I'm like just hit me <laughs> just hit me in the ribs oh. hit, he hit me in the ribs and oh, I, I full scale went down so that I mean that shows you yeah. kind of like the nick I was in but um, in, in all seriousness though I wonder see what you're saying as well about just haven't you were saying that it made mm. me think there are so many people I know I mean, I'll try and list what I was thinking of. First of all, mm. people who will be like, and by the way, there's not normalness if that's what you want to do. But I've I've seen pals of mine being like, in a lunchtime, mum will go in here and have three or four pints. I'm like, what? Why? It's mm. fucking point. Like, what is the point? In that? <laughs> like, well, I don't see any. I see no appeal in it whatsoever. But I think probably so. I can totally totally relate to a lot of things you're saying, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of other people will. I don't even know when I kind of realised that because drinking, if I drink too much or if I drink too too many times in a short space mm. of time, I'll feel just pure down. Mm-hmm. But you don't always realise. You just, I'll sometimes be like, oh, I, feel, I feel terrible. And mm-hmm. is my life even that? This was me uh, on Sunday. I was like, is my life? Is my life any good? <laughs> damn, like I was like asking myself, yeah, like yeah. damn, sub, even like a sort of subconscious thinking, damn matter, like yeah. uh, oh. does any would, does anybody like me? <laughs> and does anyone care if I, I was gone? <laughs> and everybody jokes about it, and everybody mm. always tweets about having the fear, and oh, it's not a Sunday oh. unless you're questioning. Does everybody hate you? And you're like, hold on a minute. That isn't normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. And funny you talk... Do we think it is? Yeah, you know, um, talking about tweets, um, I was actually going back recently, look at it was, I think it was when I was maybe about seven months sober, I was looking back at old tweets. You know, you can search, like, your username with a word. So I was looking back at, like, the words, like, any time I had tweeted with the word sober and saying that, you know, um, I can't wait to never drink again, I can't wait to, um, like... I don't think I could ever do sober October, you know, talking about all these, you know, just my drinking habits. And 
Um, I've lost my train of thought. Um, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, but you're sort of looking back at... Yeah, looking back at tweets. Aye, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, tweeting about being, being, being hungover and... Um, I'd like a, I'd like a nice dose of euthanasia this morning, like yeah. you know, and make turning it into a joke Aye. and saying like saying to friends and stuff like, "Oh, I really want to die this morning," and, and I, I can't believe I done that last night. It and, becomes hyperbole, and you just say it becomes this continuous joke of, "Oh, I want to die, and I want to drink again." Mm-hmm. But I wonder. Well, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for myself that when pals of mine in the past ever would say those things, but really over like properly hamming it up, mm-hmm. I probably, if I'm being honest, didn't take it seriously because if I had taken it seriously, it would have forced me to confront my own. Because mm. I, I, I have to say, I think I'm I'm very fortunate booze wise well for me it's just all about having a party mm. and a good time and I can recognise like I can now recognise when I shouldn't drink mm. because I'm a happy drunk right okay but on occasion and I mean well pals mine might say more but <laughs> I can think yeah, like on one hand I can count the times when I've drank and I've gone south right, I've gone okay. the other way and I've just not been aggressive but I've just been up your dick right okay but I've just been argumentative mm-hmm. Or I've just been in a bad mood, and I I now know if I'm not in a good mood, just don't drink because it'll yeah. just make me worse. Um, and I kind of know as well. As I say, this is the least I've drank in like a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, sorry, this last year, sorry, uh-huh. is the is the least I've drank. I just haven't done it. Mm-hmm. In lockdown, I just wasn't doing it. I think this year, right enough, I've been at twice the last week. <laughs> lockdown has just lifted. Yeah, of course. But I think what are we now? We're into May. I think I've drank like five or six times. ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、ハイ、
other things that they kind of want to be doing. Well, I'll tell you a story about that. When we were in Vietnam um, three years ago, my friends and I met these two Irish girls. Great girls, we're still good friends now. Um, and one of the girls wasn't drinking. And I was like, why are you not drinking? Like, have a drink, have a drink. She's like, I'm on antibiotics. And I was like, what for? Imagine asking somebody know, why I... they're on antibiotics. Like... I used to say, will that not get you drunk or faster? Uh-huh, exactly. That's a really unhealthy way to look at uh-huh. it. Turns out the girl was pregnant. Oh, so right. that's why she wasn't <laughs> drinking. Well, she's drinking for two. Like, <laughs> and don't I, be I, selfish. I just couldn't make sense of why on earth you would not want to have a drink, yeah. you know? And it's not... And it, Booze doesn't correspond with fun. It doesn't always oh. make everything feel better. What I've started, and I suppose this is also just maybe a, a I've got to say a symptom, but like a, a side effect or a consequence of getting <laughs> older. But I now value far more waking up in the morning. And again, I'm speaking to somebody who's never. By the way, for you <laughs> listening, can I apologise? So ordinarily we'd be recording in the studio, but in my office, uh, shared office space. Oh my god, there is um, these soundproof booths. Now they're not very, they're, <laughs> not very soundproof. <laughs> they're very quiet. This is like a throwback. See when I first started interviewing right. people, doing like uh, the Blyswood Hotel uh-huh. uh, restaurant or where else did I do it? Just places, and there would often be like a waiter coming over and interrupting. <laughs> would need to pause because they were mixing cocktails or making like, getting the blender yeah. on. And it became a bit of a sort of comedic, weekly recurring thing. <laughs> and now it's back. So in, in the office, it's pure silence, right? Mm. It's silence nine to five. But then as soon as I hit record, everybody finds their voice. Because there's like, there's communal desks that people rent. Um, like hot desk and... Aye, like hot desks. And if we do it actually inside my office, it's all stone. Mm. So pure echoes. Mm-hmm. This it's a soundproof. I mean, it's relatively soundproof. <laughs> um, so I sorry, I've just gone on about that for ages, but I had to explain just why all of a sudden there's people sh- <laughs> like having shouting contests, people playing their drums. <laughs> they keep opening this uh, cupboard that squeaks. It's like going to put your stuff, going to get yeah, some that, WD forty. I was going to say the aye. exact same, yeah. But just like aye, so that's that's what those um, those noises were. Apologies for that if it was annoying you while we were listening. What was I saying? I, I I now just pure value so much more waking up, feeling good, mm-hmm. um, sort of feeling mentally sharp. Like after I drink, and I don't mind paying this price for a good time so I don't do it all that often, but if I've had a proper session, my head will be foggy for like two days. Mm, yeah. So I'm like, going to nobody text me, going to nobody ask me anything that's going to reply. It requires, sorry, a lot of brain power, but I've since found that, you know, if I've had a chilled weekend, even if I've just had a few, mm-hmm. if I've had a chilled weekend, I've been to the gym, I've slept, I've eaten well, come Monday I'm hitting the ground running, and over the last, I was going to say the last year, but the first six months of last year were totally restricted for the obvious reasons. But the six months after that, or even... Aye, the six months leading up to now. Wait, I'm losing all sense of time. <laughs> we're only in March. When did COVID... No, begin? we're not in March, no, we're, we're in, in May. May. <laughs> we're in May. So the last year, so it's been the Aye. last the last year now, um, I've just been, everything's been going a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I do put a lot of that down to the fact that I'm not spending three or four of seven days absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, heads just dead slow. And it's kind of come in 
I would say come into the office and it's a Monday, it's ten a.m. Debatable actually on a Monday, but <laughs> let's say eleven a.m. Okay. And I'm getting, f- I'm just getting fired right into things, and I'm going, hold on a minute, I've got more brain power, more motivation, more impetus, and I'm just a better version of myself. And I, I look back and I, I don't actually think there's all too much wrong with that, but for chunks of my twenties would be like, mm. oh, bare minimum, Absolutely. or if I'm working for a company sitting there and then maybe people I've worked for will be sitting listening to this absolutely <laughs> raging but for two or three days it's like oh yep. you're getting nothing out of absolutely. me absolutely and I suppose you maybe just get to a point where you you get past that phase and you want to go right I'm I'm, I'm not doing that anymore I, I want to be and it sounds like pure wanky motivational speak no not at all or like a sort of pre-rehearsed rhetoric that I'm just like regurgitating about yeah, there are some idiots who do it she if you pure believe right <laughs> she if you believe uh, then and uh, you can achieve, and it's like, well, that advice means fucking nothing. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're just saying words. You're just saying words. You're saying stuff that you've heard, you've watched in the secret, and oh, you're regurgitating it as if it actually means anything. But for me, to be, I don't know, to get everything out of my life that I can get, getting absolutely blitzed on a Thursday, mm-hmm. Friday, and a Saturday, those two things aren't conducive mm-hmm. to each other. Um, and I suppose. You know, you're in, in your twenties. Yep. You're young, and you're you're you're, you're going to be having a good time. But then it's like, right, hold on a minute. When does it begin to draw back? And I think because I can't think of any other off the top of my head. This is going to sound ridiculous. Off of, apart from conversations I've had with people, and this is just me personally speaking. I'm not saying they don't, but I've not heard any conversations of people saying. Maybe we shouldn't drink so much mm. all the time, or maybe it is unhealthy, and maybe we should sort of reflect on it and be like, "Is it?" We're not, I'm not saying don't have a good time. I'm not saying don't drink. I'm not saying going for beers with your pal on a Friday at twelve p.m. and drinking all through the night and going up the road with a pizza isn't it fun? Isn't mm. it great? Because it can be if you can manage it. Of course. But it's like, where where do you personally draw the line and for you where where did you personally then draw the line as in when when did you go right this, hold on a minute enough. enough's enough eh? yeah um, you know I, I have thought about this a lot and you know my last time that I had a drink wasn't the worst time you know it wasn't I didn't have a rock bottom yeah I, you know everybody's got their own rock bottom but I didn't I wasn't kicked out my house I wasn't you know in a fight, I didn't lose a job. I just woke up one day. I had it was a Sunday morning. I had spent the, the Saturday night in my bedroom, two bottles of red wine, passed out. Just as usual that I had been doing. Yeah. And I woke up on the, the the Sunday morning, and I was working. I'm sure I was working from home, but I've got the laptop at one side. I've got the bin at the other side. That you know, I'm being sick, and I looked at myself in the mirror. Just my face was puffy all the time. I get puffy face mm-hmm. for drinking, mm-hmm. and that that alone is enough to <laughs> well, make I know, me stop. I, I, I think I've never, I've not lost weight since I've stopped drinking, but I've definitely you have a very angular, chiselled <laughs> face. I've got cheekbones back. <laughs> um, I looked at myself in the, fo- I looked at myself in the face. Well, I did. I looked in the mirror at Aye. my face, and. I was like, what are you doing to yourself? This is not normal. This yeah. is not healthy. I just felt I cannot do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. I was unhappy. I was miserable. Um, I was forgetting things. I was just 
living in the same routine. Like your spark is extinguished in it. Absolutely. And, you know, I've I've spoke about this before to, to some friends, but, you know, and I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live either. I didn't. I didn't. I had. No, I had no intentions of you know. You know, doing anything. But I didn't want to go on the way I was. So I had. There had something had to change. Yeah. And you know, the most obvious thing staring me in the face was stop drinking. So from that day, that was the third of August last year. I've, I've not had a drink. There's been a couple of times I've been close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you kind of think? Oh, well, I've shown that I can restrain myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, a few months ago, my, my cousin was over having a drink with my mum and, you know, they were sitting, drinking a nice bottle of wine and having a laugh and I was in the kitchen and I, I started to feel really sorry for myself. I was like, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I? Mm-hmm. But I know, I, I, that's my mind telling me, like, oh, you're a bit better now, you could have a drink and yeah, it would yeah. be fine. Maybe I could, maybe I could that one time it would spark something in me and I would want to try that again and I would push it and I would push it until... Can I be in like a scalding hot bath and you're really mm. hurt, hurting yourself and then you get out and, you know, your body temperature goes down and your skin no longer feels sore and it's like, why don't you jump back in that <laughs> scalding hot bath? It is, yeah. absolutely. I know myself and, you know, I've had friends say to me and most of my friends are really, really supportive. All of my friends are really supportive. There is sort of a wider circle that, you know, I don't I don't really drink with as much anymore. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't drink at all. I, <laughs> um, you don't hang about yeah, as much. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, my friends have all been so supportive. A couple have said, you know, you could, why don't you just have one or two? But, you know, it would never be one or two. Yeah. And I know that. And I just need to be like, nope. You know, I've never woke up, you know, I didn't wake up on Sunday morning thinking, oh, God, I wish I drank last night. God, you know, that's <laughs> funny you say that, because I, I get, like, the f- pure fear of missing out the FOMO so bad. Mm. Because I like being around people and stuff, mm. and I just always imagine, when I think back now, I can't remember a night out where I've went, oh, I've woke up and went, thank fuck I went to that last night. Yep. Exactly. As if, like, there was pure... The it's one night I'm not there, there's going to be, like, fire breathers in the circus <laughs> act and, like, like, I don't know, David Beckham's going to walk in and buy everybody drinks exactly. and stuff. Exactly, I like, know. Yeah, I don't I've... know why I said David Beckham. <laughs> a lot of people. It's a bit of Freudian slip there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah. Like, I, I was sorry to add on to that, so no, I'm, I'm okay. apologies for interrupting. Um, so the thing I was then going to follow that up with, before I started Talking questioning why did I say David Beckham of all people like <laughs> alright okay says a lot um, as I have wo- I've never woken up and gone I wish I drank I've always woken up and went I'm so happy because it's Sunday morning it's 10 o'clock I'm on the way to Costa or Starbucks mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm also not craving a Chinese that I'm not going to enjoy anyway exactly. I can't remember the last time I enjoyed the Chinese because I, I always eat it you when I'm hungover hung- oh goodness so that's catch 22 you only cra- I only crave it when I'm hungover but I don't enjoy it when I'm hungover yeah yeah no absolutely I know I think the, the best thing for, from stopping drinking for me is, is the time that I've got back and oh, um, you know I, I get up on a Sunday and I'll get in the car and you know I picked up I was really into film photography when I was younger, when mm-hmm. I was like 14, 15, and thought I was a cool wee hipster. <laughs> I had my little <laughs> film camera. But um, I found the camera again, just I was clearing out maybe a couple of weeks, I was clearing house after <laughs> stopping drinking, you know, turn your life around. And sure. I, came, I came across the old camera and 
that's been a hobby for me in the last nine months mm-hmm. that I've got out and it's, it's it's brought me new friends. It's allowed me to go and see more places around Scotland um, when the lockdown lifted. Um, yeah, you always that... need to get that one in, <laughs> don't you? Yep, absolutely. Because you just preempt somebody, somebody going, um, actually, I'm not supposed to go to fucking shop, man. No, that little caveat. <laughs> Socially distanced, of course. Uh, can we talk about, as a sort of a side note, there is a, like a list of things I never want to fucking Yo, hear or read or see, right? Uh, you can tell me yours if you can think any about mine's is socially distanced, of course. Um, the new n- normal. The new normal. Uh, now more than ever. Oh. Uh, unprecedented. Oh, these unprecedented, unprecedented times. times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I just never want to no, fucking hear them again. But socially distanced, of course, is the worst. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. Socially distanced, of course. It's just, I, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> there's things I never want to hear as long as I live. Um, <laughs> Aye, so I mean, it's great you're getting to do all, do all those things. Mm-hmm. With the going to meetings and stuff, yep. how did you think, right, I need to strengthen my resolve? Mm. Or did you think I just want to solidify or cement my position? What was it? So um, I can tell you exactly. So Christmas Day... Um, Christmas Day was very stressful last year. Mm. Just with, you know, it was I didn't expect to be home for Christmas. The Christmas before I had spent in Australia on the beach in Melbourne. Um just, you know, families as they are. And I was just found myself and, you know, I was sitting at the table and my my hands were like clenched into my thighs and I was drinking um Schlur. Schlur. Yep. <laughs> you actually, I was drinking Schlur. I was joking as well. <laughs> no, no, you took the words out of my mouth. See that Schlur? And when the fuck, like, has anybody ever went like that in April? Oh, here, do you know what? I've got a bottle in the house. <laughs> pure, have you? If you're choking for a glass of Schlur. Like, <laughs> when does that ever happen? I've got a bottle of red grape in the house. Um, no, on Christmas Day, I was drinking I was drinking the white grape on Christmas Day. <laughs> a few glasses of Schlur with the gals tonight. <laughs> but, I was so so tense and so, this is not enjoyable. And I thought, yeah. you know, I could go into that kitchen now and I could fill this glass up with Prosecco because no one would know it's the same colour. Yeah. I mean, they should, we sure know after a few glasses and put steam in the corner. <laughs> when you're like, right, few glasses are slow. No, I saw it in your lap. Listen, Gran, I'm sick of your shit. Yeah. Well, I would never say would that. Would you never say that? Gran. Oh, God, I no. just had to think of who's the most... Um, <laughs> Who's the person you would least be likely to go after? That would make it funny. Oh, but you right, you're, you're, no, you're no, my wee gran, my wee gran. Um, but I, I was, um, I, I was literally, I was hanging on by my fingertips on Christmas Day, and yeah, and I've got someone close to me um, uh, that's at this in the fellowship, um, and I went to them and I said, you know, I can't do this. I, I'm so close to picking up a drink. We sat and we, we spoke it out and kind of, you know, had a, had a, mini, a mini meeting there and then. Um, and so then I started, you know, going on the Zoom meetings um, initially, just keeping my camera off, not talking, because I was very nervous. And, yeah. you know, I think I mentioned previously, I, I did, I felt very disingenuous going because, you know, I thought, well, I've done this four months on my own. I've not had a drink. I feel fine. Mm. Well, obviously, I never felt fine because I was clinging on by my fingertips on Christmas Day, wanting yeah. to sneak bottle glasses of prosecco into my schlure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I started attending meetings and it just felt right, you know. It, I I got a lot of identification with with, with other people and, and their experiences. Okay, I I, I hadn't lost 
I hadn't lost access to family members. I hadn't been kicked out of my house, you know. Um, but like I said previously, that's where I saw things going for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, um, yeah, so with that, I started going to meetings on a weekly basis and, um, well, more than weekly, just whenever I felt like I needed to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, and I got a sponsor and, you know, just going through the programme of recovery and, you know, it's it's life-changing. I, I don't want to sound... I don't want to come on here and, you know... No, listen, what you can say whatever you want because your experience is your experience mm-hmm. and it's not as if you're declaring any, anything as absolute, unequivocal, yeah. undisputable fact, but it is unequivocal. Unequivocal? <laughs> 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 Fuck's sake, I'll just keep that in. It is unequivocal and indisputable from your own personal experience mm-hmm. because that's what you experience. So no, no, you say whatever yeah. ex- whatever you felt it to be. No, it really is, you know. Um Fuck's I know <laughs> that noise in the background. What is that? Genuinely? <laughs> is it somebody moving I think a table? Scraping sca- uh, chairs across the laminate floor. Make make more noise. <laughs> Please. <laughs> They're getting somebody's fucking rollerblading in here playing hockey. Um uh, as well they're entitled to, but come on, man, I'm recording something here. Um, yeah, so I joined a group, um, got a sponsor, you know, done all what's suggested in the programme. And I'm not here to to sit and um, promote AA, but that's just what, what has worked for me yeah. and what I needed at that time. You know, I was... I wasn't drinking, I had removed alcohol, but I was still so unhappy. I, you know, around about Christmas time, January, I went back into a very, like, low state. And it's because, you know, you've I've removed the alcohol, but I then need to deal with, like, what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why, why why was I drinking so much? And, you know, I don't know if I've still quite figured that out, but it, but it is, it's a journey and it's... They, they call it recovery. You don't get recovered, you know. You're in recovery. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a learning process. Do you know that's something that I hadn't even considered at that point? Once you remove the alcohol, it's then, well, I've got some other things to deal with. Um, I mean, a couple of points to kind of reflect on, just with what you've said. Um, first of all, I think it's there, there is an impressive element to the fact that you've you've been able to identify and establish right there's something not mm. quite right with my drink and I'm going to stop but then once the cloud or the fog or the um, the once clarity comes in you're like hold on a minute oh it turns out there was actually it wasn't just a pure love uh-huh. red wine and, and being wrecked um, <laughs> no absolutely but there's more to it yeah no definitely you know um, when I look at things you know Look at look at things that have came up recently. Just talking to my sponsor and stuff in recovery, you know, it's not just my actions when I was drinking. It's it's how I handle other situations mm-hmm. as well. You know, I look at past relationships and I become addicted to that person, the person that mm-hmm. you know, my, my 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 significant other, so to speak. Um, I become addicted to them and, and begin to use that person as, they, as a drug. Go did or, they fill some gap or hole within you? Or? I, I feel like looking back at it, yes, I, I think I was looking for something. It's like... F- yeah, you know, look, look, looking to make, make myself whole in some way. Yeah. Whereas I'm a much happier person when I'm single. Yeah. You know, I'm... I, 
I, I love going. I love my own company. I love going out on day trips myself. I love going on holiday myself. Like I'm, I'm very much somebody who enjoys their own company and doing their own thing. So when I look back at being in a relationship, I, I lose myself to that person and and I put them on a pedestal and, you know, looking back, it's, it was so unhealthy and. Yeah. No wonder, you know, no wonder that relationship didn't work out yeah. because with hindsight, the way I approached that relationship wasn't healthy in the first place. Yeah, I think it's pretty much nail on the head when you... And, and there's nothing wrong with this because I think everybody at some point in their life has done this. Mm. When you look, you maybe don't feel complete or completely fulfilled. So then you look to external sources for that, even whether it's pals or whether it's, you know, whether it's with a partner. And... Um, mm you then maybe sometimes harshly have to learn the lesson of the only way you can be fully happy with somebody is having them compliment your life when it's already the way you would like it to be as opposed to being an essential component. And with their removal, will then, you know, reduce the quality of your life by 50% and it's just the way, it's not the way it should be. Oh, absolutely. You know, as I said, like... the my last relationship, I, I let that person become my everything. Yeah. So when that didn't work out, I felt I was left with nothing and I didn't yeah. know what to do. So I drank, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and and then it just carried on from there. Um, I, th- and- I think I was going to say as well, um, I think even like your recognition that there was something not right, because I think most people, right, not everybody and Good for you if, you, mm. if you're one of the people that this just doesn't resonate with. However, I would say if you've listened this far, chances are it's struck some sort of chord with you. And I think the most important thing is is being honest and recognising. Like, again, not if you're banging the drum and be like, no, oh, I'm totally fine with this. Because mm. I, I, I wouldn't say I was, but for the most part, um, but that I began to recognise, like, when would it have been? So but I was, I was going to be away for Christmas 2018, so over Christmas, so at my mum's, we had like a Christmas dinner two weeks before mm-hmm. and I was really unhappy with work, which I went on to change about four or five months later. I was really unhappy with work and it was good money, so I was sticking at it, but fuck me, was it making me miserable. Mm-hmm. And I, we basically had Christmas Day that day and mm-hmm. swapped presents and stuff and it was lovely. Yeah. And it was like a full-scale Christmas Day, but it was on like the 14th of December <laughs> or whenever it was. And it was two, two weeks before I went away. And... Um, I just all of a sudden was just like, it was like, I don't know, something tapped, like a wand tapped me and just made me sad. Like mm. I was absolute sad with it. I just <laughs> felt it. terrible. So I was like, I need to lift myself here because it's mm. Christmas. Now instead of going like, by the way, can I just get this off my chest? I mean, this was a few years ago and mm-hmm. I'd be better now. But instead of going, can I just get this off my chest? My work is making me really sad. And I kind of feel trapped by it because mm-hmm. you also, your lifestyle gets a certain way and you're like, well, I don't want to relinquish any of that. So I'm going to just keep doing this job, even though it's crushing my soul. <laughs> Instead of doing that, I just pure get on it. And, yeah, buried your head in the sand. Oh, sense. fully. And with every beer, I felt slightly better because I was just like switching off and going a bit numb. Mm-hmm. And I just drank and drank and drank until I felt basically in a good mood and up for a party and all that. And um, it was the next day, I just felt so low. I felt so sad. I had reality to contend with. 
and also a hangover, like pulling me away down. Mm-hmm. And then it was the next month, I think. I never drank the whole of January, barely drank February. I actually remember the first time I drank in February was uh, I was going to wait to watch Celtic in Europe. Right. And it was a few days before. I went out on a Saturday. And again, I still didn't feel up for it. I had a few, kind of coaxed myself into it. But it was at that point where I started being like, hold on a minute. Like, if I feel terrible, would I not be better dealing with what's making me feel terrible instead of just trying to switch off to it? And I think, again, who I'm not telling anybody what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling anybody you should do anything. I'm just saying, I feel like we all have had on a some level or some... We're all on this spectrum and some of us are on it with alcohol. There's a couple of... Like, I've got a couple of freak pals that just are <laughs> unaffected by it. But then I get they barely ever drink, so it's, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. And I just think I, it, it requires a bit of honesty and what you've done is, especially at a relatively young age, I'm not saying... I'm not, like, ruffling your hair, <laughs> you know, and patronising yeah. you, but yeah. at, a, at a relatively young age, yeah. to, to be able to go, oh... This isn't really serving me. This isn't in my best interest. And to to then deal with it and go to because if if you'd have said to me like to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, I would my back would be up as well. I'd be mm. like, and I think anybody would be. So to go and do that off your own back, I think says a lot. Yeah, you know. Well, thank you. Um... That'll be ten pounds, please. <laughs> <laughs> um... Plus that. <laughs> no, um, you know. I would never be in a position to say to somebody, you know, I think you're drinking too much or, or you need to, you know, rein it in. But, I mean, you can see things. You can see things clearly when, you're, when you do, you're not drinking yourself. Um, but, you know, stopping stopping drinking, it has given you, you know, that have, has given me that clarity um, that you mentioned, you know, that fog has been lifted and I think that's what had set in in um, sort of December, January time mm-hmm. when I was, when I did hit a low again because I, I was kind of off the back of, oh, I'm sober, I'm great, I'm doing everything brilliant. Yeah. But then I was kind of left, well, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, Which kind of comes back round to the whole thing as well about how much everything is, is centred around drinking oh, in, absolutely. Our, in our culture. And it's probably something I'd kind of like to say because I've known people who have felt terrible and been like, well, why why, why am I drinking all the time? And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Like, to be honest, it's not just you. It's not. It's everybody. Because what happens in this country... I was pissing her in, mum will just get mad with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pure sunny. Let's all celebrate by getting <laughs> steaming. No, it is. Everything is centred, you know, weddings, funerals, birthdays, it's a Tuesday, work drinks. Everything Aye. is centred around alcohol. Um, and the way just graduated for nursery. <laughs> Let's have a drink. Like, I've got 10,000 Twitter followers. Like, Let's have a drink. And it is. get some balloons. Yeah, oh, yeah, well. You know, everybody... It, it is something... Everybody in my life does. Yeah. And it's not something I can escape, you know. Um, just because I've stopped drinking doesn't mean everybody around me is going to, you know... They're going to adapt. And they have. They have adapted in, in yeah. a certain way. You know, I'm going out with friends tonight for dinner. Um, obviously, we can't drink at the moment anyway uh, with the current lockdown restrictions. But, um, you know, if I was drinking, I would make, find a way to get a drink tonight. Whereas... 
they're not they weren't drinkers like me yeah. so they're not going to they can go out for dinner sober aye oh, I, I hate drinking with dinner <laughs> oh no see I haven't did quite, you like it absolutely anything anything with a drink oh my god no for me like if I'm eating I don't want I mean, after I'll, I'll drink yeah. but while I'm eating no, I just want no. some juice Um no, well, I'll say I'm going for a curry tonight and I would paint a tiger. would have been great with that. Oh, really? Yep, absolutely. Oh, God, I couldn't end getting worse. <laughs> curry and a pint? Oh, I just want like a can of iron brew <laughs> and some water or something. No, but my friends and I, we were meant to be going to Primavera. Is it Primavera? Primavera, yeah, Prima- in Barcelona. Uh, um, I've not got the pronunciation like yourself before <laughs> in Spanish. No, Primavera. Primavera, yeah. And my friends and I were meant to be going in June and this was booked last year yeah. before before I had stopped drinking. And I was really worried about, I mean, I was quite happy it was cancelled because now I'm, I'm not drinking and yeah. it would have been a challenge to go to Barcelona and not have a drink and go on a festival on a beach. The funny thing is, it's we are, we are the only nation, mm. well, group of nations, so I'll say the UK and Ireland. Mm. In my experience, the only group of nations, and I say this as somebody who, who's lived abroad for six years in the city of Barcelona, who get steaming. Right. They are just have beers mm. and they're half cut and they're like, hey, in a good mood, whereas we are absolutely... Binge drinkers. Aye, pure binge drinking, yeah. and we are the ones that are causing pure riots. So I was going to say, if there's anywhere where you could still go and have a great time and enjoy the vibe, then it would be there because yeah. it's not a place where it just... It is just the Brits mm-hmm. and the Irish uh-huh. uh, and the Scottish because people get upset when you don't no, differentiate between the two no. national identities, um, even though that's just shorthand for <laughs> people for the UK. Uh, I that's it is, it is just us. And yeah. sometimes you're like, yes, that's what we're doing our country proud and all that. But really, are we? It's, no, it's not really no. that. It's not really that great, and we're causing riots, and we are looked down upon for it. Oh, absolutely, we're completely looked down upon for it, and I don't. I don't blame them too much. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was worried about going away with, with, with my friends um, to that festival. But then I realised, you know, they didn't drink like me. They can go and have a few and just have a nice time. Yeah. They're not going to want to stay out till 10 in the morning. They're not going to, you're not going to have to apologise for them, you know. They, they didn't drink like me. And yeah. then going back to what you're saying, that, that we are looked down upon it, Um I, I, again, having lived lived abroad and done a lot of travelling and stuff, you know, you mention you're Scottish and, and people are like, whoa, 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 I don't want to drink with you because, <laughs> you know, they, they know what to expect. And is it shameful to have that, um, I that suppose reputation? It de- I suppose it depends on the individual because I know it is a collective reputation, but mm-hmm. some people can go and drink and drink and drink and then be up. Again, I've got pals that will go and drink and drink and drink and drink and then 10 o'clock in the morning, they're out on a walk and I'm like, what mm. kind of weirdo are you? Yeah. I can't move. <laughs> and can't move for three days. Aye, so I suppose, I suppose it depends. One thing I'm quite curious on is, or curious about, is obviously you are the centre of your own universe, so you only know how, or your, your main focus on knowledge is on mm-hmm. how everybody is with you but how do other people close to you now see you or how has anybody said oh I prefer you this way or you know that kind of thing yeah I mean my family my parents are my mum says how proud she is of me Um, you know mum and I always used to like a drink together we were always out having a drink and you know that element of our relationship is gone now Um, and that kind of takes me back to you know the mourning the loss of of drinking. Yeah. Um. But no, 
I would say that I don't think anybody misses me drinking. Mm. I don't think there is anybody that wishes I, I was still a drinker because when I drank chaos, chaos just followed. followed you. Like my just, tis- absolutely. Yeah, a Tasmanian devil my, of chaos. A few of my pals say that, that I go into Tasmanian devil mode as well. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, is that actually a good thing? Uh-huh. No. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had great nights out and I've probably, other people have had great nights out. I had a very good night out with you after Transmit a few years <laughs> oh ago. Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I mean, I have. I've had great nights out, but it stopped being fun. Yeah. It stopped being fun. Comes and it, right. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was just fed up of my life being chaotic. I ha- I was fed up of losing hours of my life. I, you know... That you do, though, because I always say time is more valuable than money because mm-hmm. uh, you can get more money, but you cannot gain more time. Yeah. Or you can't, you can't claw it back. And when you lose three days to a hangover or you lose mm-hmm. eight hours of a sunny day, who was I talking I was talking to somebody about this the other day, I can't remember who now, and we were saying about this, if it's a nice day, but you're just lying in bed because you're done in. Mm. You're like, what is the point in that? And, and don't get me wrong, again, if anybody thinks I've been preaching, be like, don't ever drink. No, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of opportunity to have great times. And for me, if I've gone three or four months without drinking, if I then do lose two days, I'm like, oh, well, do you know what? Mm. You know, I've, I needed a wee blowout. Yeah, That's no. fine, but I'm just, I'm, I'm very much past doing it. Every every week. Every single week, yeah. And, you know, even if you, like you said, three three or four months you have a drink, you have a great night, and like you said, you have a blowout, that's not, you're not going to get up on a Monday and think, oh, God, I feel terrible. I can't wait to finish work tonight and have a bottle of wine. Mm. You're not going to do that. Whereas for me, that's that's how I was. Yeah. I, that's, that's my way of thinking got to. My, that. When, like, my bottle of wine or my few beers is like a bar of chocolate and a can <laughs> of juice, which, again, I'm quite thankful for. That that's my... That's my default. It's like, yeah. oh, can I wait to just get home and relax and open a bag of Maltese or something? Like, like, that's kind of my thing. I love a cup of tea now. A wee cup of chamomile tea or peppermint tea is, does me fine. I know that's another thing, you know, going out is now going to be something that I'm going to be faced with. I was very nervous and apprehensive with mm-hmm. um, the announcement of the world opening back up again. Because that's an extra level of temptation there um, yeah. that that I didn't have for the last nine months months of stopping drinking. So, you know, as I went out for lunch on on Friday with my friends and we had mocktails and that was nice. But yeah. you know, am I going to be able to go to the pub and have a pint of soda water and lime? I don't know. But so I'm not going to put myself in that position. Aye. You know, until I know, until I feel confident in my sobriety I wouldn't put myself in that position and put that temptation I'm just thinking of like times being in a bar sober and I last maybe an hour or two <laughs> and as I mean there'll probably be a reason why I'm say I've got something on or what if I'm not drinking yeah and I, after about an hour I'm like oh my god you start to hate this, all your friends I, I'm like this is the <laughs> shit that, that I thought like no, like no wonder I've got the fear the next day like if this is the sort of push that's coming out of my mouth and it's just mental and it's like in such a short space of time you see people change mm-hmm. whereas when you're drunk because you're both getting drunk at the same time the you're oblivious to the other person's behavioural change mm-hmm. or their, their words starting to slur or you match that. Uh, you're matching it and it's like 
oh wow yeah and man fucking hats off the bar staff that put up with people as I well know. I mean I've worked in a bar before uh, I actually worked on a Scottish bar in Melbourne how did you <laughs> yeah Pint of tenants, twelve dollars. What? I know it's about seven pounds for That's a pint of tenants. Sick. Awful, awful tenants as well. Um, well, I, I uh, like tenants if tenants wants to say it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> on, on a podcast about alcoholism. <laughs> Actually, I t- we'll send me the alcohol free one. <laughs> no, well, you know, funny you mention alcohol free alcohol. I can't touch it because it's too much like the real thing really eh? yeah i can't have i've tried the the alcohol free beers um a mocktail's fine because it just tastes like juice anyway but yeah. an alcohol free beer you have it and you expect that warm fuzzy feeling to follow and because yeah. i don't know it's just i can't touch it so i've i've not drank in hogmanay since the last time i drank was hogmanay 2015 right oh. going into 2016 wow. so that's what six years uh-huh um, yeah. 2016 went on to be the worst year of my life, right? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so then at the end of 2016, I was like, nah, do you know what? I'm not drinking. And what happened is we're into the 1st of January 2017. Now, that will be, that would have been the first time since 2006. So that'd be 11 <laughs> years that I'd started the the year without a hangover. Oh my goodness. Or, 2000, or 2007, maybe. I granted all seven, so I drank in all six when I was like 16. Um, and then 2017 went on to be the best year. Mm. 18 went on to be better. 19 better than that. 20, an anomaly mm. because <laughs> of what like, what happened. Like, yeah. Nobody could have foreseen that. However, if I remove the obvious COVID stuff, I'm like, yeah. that was a fucking amazing year. Yeah. 2021 is going on to be spectacular as well. And it's become now like this we. Um, Oh, what's the word? Ah, uh, superstition. Right, okay. Where I'm like, if I start the year feeling good, so I'll start it with a run or like mm-hmm. cycling or something like that and I, I go for lunch, I spend time with my family, I kind of do all these things, go into town, if I if, if, in the January sales. Yeah. Um, And just these kind of things. And um, I it's a nice way to start the year and I feel like it'll take exceptional circumstances now I don't know getting invited to a party with David Beckham for example <laughs> <laughs> since we're talking about him um, I'm like oh, okay David I'll take a line if you're taking one <laughs> anyway here, hold on let me touch your skip um, <laughs> I it would take it would take exceptional circumstances yeah. for me to drink now and uh, I think there was something in that that made me kind of realise right okay hold on there is a, a real benefit for taking a step back, mm-hmm. for boozing for a wee, even just a wee extended period. And I tend to not drink for the whole of January mm-hmm. um, just because, just because yeah. it kind of feels good. And I suppose it just becomes a watershed in your, in your life, doesn't it? When you realise that, yeah, there's more to more to getting right. Although, don't get me wrong, had some great times. <laughs> and it will continue to, and I'm sure you did as well. No, absolutely. Do you know, and like I said, I would never tell somebody not to drink. I would never You can drink. only share your experience. Exactly. And I would never, I would never look down on somebody for having a drink, you know, as everybody's got the choice and they're entitled to have yeah. a drink. I just know for me, it doesn't benefit me anymore. Mm. So I'm not going to do it. Um, and... Well, the last nine months is is proven that you know life can be life goes on after alcohol. You know, aye, life aye. goes on after giving up. You know, and they they talk about like you know you're you're giving it up, but really what 
you're giving up this one little thing and look at everything you're getting in return. Yeah. You know, it's like you're reclaiming your life. Yeah, clarity, your, your relationships, friendships, um, cheekbones. Yeah, hi. <laughs> um, That's probably the biggest the encouragement for me. It's not drinking <laughs> like this pure. I just develop a ball face. <laughs> Like a rotund, round, spherical mm. face. I was looking back at photos of myself in Australia and I've just got this wee, yeah, this wee ball, like, because, <laughs> I mean, I was just drinking all the time, you and know. With that, I think also your your liver oxidises fat a lot slower. Right. I may be wrong with that. Um, but basically, <laughs> your, your, your liver is basically busy processing the booze and it's not getting enough time to process food right as well and then also you crave junk don't you oh absolutely i'd like to know the science behind that you mm-hmm. probably body's probably just craving starchy carbs to uh, salt and fat and... right so i um we've we've spoken a, a lot of ins and outs and stuff and this might have resonated with i mean going by the way these episodes usually do go it'll, it'll strike a chord with somebody if if somebody felt you know, for what for in whatever um, scale of severity that they had to get a hold, of, or their drinking was getting too much. Sorry, or they had to. Right, I need to get a hold in this. Mm-hmm. What would you? And again, you're not saying you're an expert, no. nor am I. I always stress that we're just talking about personal experience. But what would your tip to them be in terms of what should they do in terms of maybe looking to a meeting? Is there any material that you would advise them to go and? look at or read or listen to? Um, You know, I think having the courage to reach out and talk to somebody, that takes a lot. Um, You know, any time I've tweeted about sobriety or, you know, I've had people message me before and, you know, I'm always up for having a chat with someone, you know. Like like you said, I'm no expert and I've not got this, you know, I've not got this figured out and I don't think anybody with with an addiction or or alcoholism would say, you know, I've got this figured out. But, you know, talking to somebody that can understand and that can relate um, is really what helps me, you know, when I'm having a day where, you know, I'm, I'm struggling you know, work's getting a bit much, I'm tired, I'm, you know, stuck at home, I'm not doing the things that I want to be doing. Just reaching out and talking to another alcoholic really helps me. Um, you know, finding a meeting, it's it's even easier these days to get on a meeting with Zoom. You yeah, know? it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm, because I started going to meetings on Zoom, I'm, I'm a bit apprehensive with things opening back up, going live. I quite like being able to sit in my pyjamas in my bed <laughs> and <laughs> go on to a meeting. Um, but, you know, you need to adapt to these things. But, um, you know, I, I, I'd be quite happy for anybody to reach out to me um, mm. if they are struggling. As I said, I might not have the answer, but I can point you in the direction um, of somebody that would be able to help you. And if, if somebody wanted to reach you, where would be the best place to get you then to get in touch? Um, so on Twitter probably would be the best way to get me. So it's uh, Jen underscore Agnew. Yeah. Um, and just, just send me a little DM. I always, I always cringe at myself when I say this, but <laughs> you'll find the link to Jen's Twitter in the episode notes there's just something really <laughs> wanky about it so you find a link to that guys that'll be in the episode notes there and uh, you want to just give that a wee click <laughs> just smash that motherfucking follow button oh no stop no it's not right. no, if you're cringing it's like yeah we'll, we'll put that in the episode notes but yeah that's what it is if anybody wants to get in touch um, I suppose I mean 
do you have any how would, is there anything you'd like to round off by saying any points that you haven't gotten across um, that I've um, I will, not asked you I'll, I'll um, tell you a little funny funny fact um, in my high school six year yearbook I got voted most likely to become an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> no way! I did. I God, did. get voted most likely to become an alcoholic. Uh, so I fulfilled my prophecy. Uh, aye, well, well, I you've, um, you've you've lived up to your, your <laughs> expectations. I, I mean, I suppose in the serious sense, like wow, that probably says a lot about how we view alcoholism in this country as mm-hmm. still a thing that is a joke, and oh. nobody at, at no point would occur. We used to always say it. I remember like being 17, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a pure alcoholic. And mm. you're like, shut up, you dick. Like, you go to the fucking Strathclyde Junior with your pals <laughs> on a Tuesday because it's like a pound of drink night. Like, shut up. But there is something there where it's like, mm, maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't always make a joke about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's that stereotypical image you've got of an alcoholic as your old guy sitting at the bus stop with a kind of special brew and, yeah. you know, um, um, and probably looking at me, you wouldn't think, you know, mm-hmm. she's somebody that can't handle her. Well, maybe if you've seen me on a night out, you would think she's somebody <laughs> that can't handle <laughs> her drinks. But, you know, it does go deeper than that. And yeah. I just think, you know, having the courage to say, I've got a problem or I want to drink less or this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. That takes a lot and, and hats off to you if you're, if you're able to do that. And do you know what? If you're not able to do that, you know, don't suffer in silence. Just, yeah. it's, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm not saying that I, my life is, you know, perfect now that I'm not drinking. It, yeah. It's certainly not. I'm 25 living with my parents, <laughs> you know. but Nothing wrong with that at no, all. But... The, uh, I would, I would kind of just echo that and say that, I if, um, if you've listened to this conversation and if you think it doesn't affect me, then... Great, good for you. If you think that it does, then also don't be feeling put out. Don't be feeling like a wronging or like there's something wrong with you because I think, as I was saying earlier, at one point or another, we've all been on that spectrum of being like, mm, mm-hmm. this isn't really helping me. Um, I suppose we'll we'll round up there. Thanks very much for being so frank and so honest. No, thank you so much for having me on today. It's, it's been great. No, it's been a pleasure. I like having these conversations and uh, more often than not, people will take something from them. And if they haven't taken anything from it, maybe they'll be entertained by me moaning about them moving the tables and stuff outside. <laughs> Talking about David Beckham. I'm a Freudian <laughs> slips about how much I fancy David Beckham. Well, I blame you. I know. Well, I thought, by the way, you've seen him 46. Fuck, man, see if I look that when I'm 46, I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to stop because I've said plenty. <laughs> you said too much. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, and as always, we'll be back again with another episode of Bleddered soon. Cheers. Leathered was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine and for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series including Talk Media, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.